0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. So as we left the radio show today, we're talking about a gentleman who lives on an island off the coast of Italy. And the island was privately owned for many years. The man is 81 years old or 89 years old. Uh, he's 80 something years old back in when I was 80 something, uh, something. That's a, that's a, a reference. Uh, anyway, the, um, uh, he'd been living on the island for 30 years, basically as a caretaker. It was a privately held island. Uh, he landed there actually by accident. he was sailing somewhere and and he just uh, he took over for a previous caretaker. He lives in the one building. it's a mile long island. Anyhow, the property has now shifted ownership um, and is owned by the Italian government who has designated it as a national park and they're saying you can't live in a park. and so they have booted the poor man off the island. Now, I don't understand why you leave uh, why you wouldn't leave the poor guy there. He's been there for, uh, 30 years. Okay. He landed in 1989. He was trying to sail to Polynesia and he landed on the Island. He's a former teacher. He fell in love with the mile long Island of pink sand and took over the previous caretaker. And he says he's ready to do all he can to stay there. I wouldn't know where else, where, where else to go. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, it's now owned by the La Madalena national park. Uh, Whose president considers the man, uh, Mr. Morandi, to be an illegal occupant and points out that the structure he lives in has been modified in ways that are not legal. Who cares? The man's 80 bajillion years old. He's 81 years old. And, And, you know, I mean, I suppose if you're 79, 81 doesn't seem too old but he's been living there for 30 years. I don't know why he's not being grandfathered in unless he's doing, unless he's living in an unhealthful environment and is, and no longer has his, his senses, which doesn't seem to be the case in that he's having a coherent conversation with people interviewing him. Um, he apparently has thousands of supporters that are asking him to just to let him be grandfathered in and stay there as the caretaker. Um, and he says they'll have to drag me away. Um, but uh, they say that they're renovating the island. Now, how do you renovate a park? It's basically left to the wild. I mean, you pick up trash. That's kind of what his job was as the caretaker. Was he walked the perimeter of the island picking things up and keeping it looking beautiful and pristine? I don't know why they don't hire him as a park ranger and let him live there. It seems to me like this is a a failure of government and an intrusion on you know somebody for the sake of picking on them because they can Um, you know, like I said, unless there are some very specific safety things that are not being presented clearly here, it just seems like a uh, unnecessary, unnecessary cruelty in this world that has enough cruelties. And so let's hope that it gets resolved and we have a happy ending to the story at some point, because uh, this is no bueno. So um, we talked earlier about uh, President Trump's tweets that, you know, maybe we should Delay the election because he's concerned about uh, universal mail-in voting. Well, I don't think anybody has said universal mail-in voting. I think what they've talked about is making mail-in voting an option for people who don't feel like they want to go out in public to poll polling places. Uh, because he compares that to absentee voting, which he, pref- he which he says is good. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, telling everybody they have to mail-in vote. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody say that's what they want to do. Um, so I think he's he's arguing against something that doesn't even exist, um, you know, but he's using that as a means to basically set the stage for telling people that, hey, you know, this is going to be inaccurate and fraudulent election. So I will ignore the results if I don't win. If I win, then obviously it's exactly right. and That's what was supposed to happen. Um, and I think, you know, that's his attitude. So he's 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 setting the plate. And I don't like that at all. Um you know, and the idea of delaying the election um, until we get past COVID is also um, a, a bad move. I think we the election happens when the election happens and uh, people go to the polls or they mail in vote. Uh, and, you know, whether that introduces more or less fraudulent voting, I, I don't know. Um, but I think we deal with it. I think we deal with it as a country. I think we figure out a way to get around it. Um, shortly after that, that was this morning he sent that tweet out, uh, shortly after that tweet, he sent one out saying drug prices will soon be lowered massively. Big Pharma are advertising against me like crazy because lower prices means less profit. And uh, when you watch a fake ad, just think lower drug prices. So that implies that he is going to, um, has that he has a plan to lower those prices or put some sort of constraints on Big pharma." To manage those prices, I haven't heard that he's announced anything there. We'll see if something comes of that, or whether that's just what popped into his head uh, this morning as he was tweeting because he got irritated. Um, at the same time, his opponent in the in the fall election, Joe Biden, has uh, said that that next week he will announce his running mate, and so he is uh, apparently they they. they he, they took a picture of him, and he was holding his his monogrammed notepad. He's got a Joseph R. Biden Jr. notepad that he writes things on, and in in clear print, he has the names of uh, of potential candidates. The top of the list that doesn't mean that she's the first person on the list in terms of who he thinks he wants to pick, but the top name on the list was uh, Kamala Harris, and under the names, he uh, he put. Do not hold grudges. Uh, campaigned with me and Jill. She's talented. Great help to campaign. Re- great respect for her. Um, and uh, then there's other names. His hand obscures part of them, but clearly he has a list. I mean, literally a list that he's working down. Good morning. How you doing, Aaron?
1: I'm good. Todd, how are you?
0: Dandy. Um, I was just kind of going down the article uh, that they, they snapped a picture of Joe Biden holding his little monogrammed uh, uh, notepad, and on it had the names of potential candidates, that he, uh, running mates, and he has said that he will announce his, his selection next week. And the first name on the list was Kamala Harris, and it was interesting Harris. because not only does he have names written down, but next to the names he had notes. And for like uh, Miss Harris, he had uh, does not hold grudges, campaigned with me and Jill, talented, Great help to campaign, great respect for her. Um, And so, you know, and I'm wondering if, if this was like a leak, wink, 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 to, yes, uh, I'm sure it was to show people, you know, that he's not going. He's not going to pick her, but he wants her to know that he thinks that he respects her a lot and, and and says wonderful things about her without actually having to say it because he leaked this thing by holding this picture up of, yes, of his notebook. I'm
1: sure that was that was intentional
0: because it was very clearly printed and held such that you could see what she, her name, but you couldn't necessarily see other names as well because his hands obscured them. Um, but uh, you know the the list. Uh, had her, uh, Susan Rice, Val Demings, uh, Karen Bass, uh, who's a democratic Congresswoman, Tammy Duckworth, uh, Elizabeth Warren is still, uh, considered. And those are sort of, uh, the top of it. Gretchen Whitmer is considered, um, on there. Stacey Abrams is one of the ones that's a possibility. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta. Um, and so, you know, he's got, a fair number of of ladies, and a good number of them are African American as well, which um, I think is something that he, well, while he said he was going to select a woman, he, uh, it, it seems to be the sense that he wants to select an African American woman as well. Yes. So um, uh, I don't know that he's I, Ka- come out. And Kamala said that. did
1: not get traction when she was at the, at the you know running for election, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, so I, I just, um, I don't think she'd be a good choice, and I, and I'm glad that she's not really being considered. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Bass is um, a very, very active. Uh, she was in the state of California when she was in the state legislature. She was a very, very active state legislator, mm-hmm. um, and very much for progressive causes. Um, women's issues. Um, yeah. She uh, was an organizer
0: during the crack epidemic yes. of the eighties and really was a, yes. a very strong anti-drug um, and drug treatment person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she has, she has, uh, she has her props and a good reputation and, 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 um, you know, is considered, I think one of the top people, uh, there, I think Val Demings is the, uh, she's a, um, representative from the state of Florida and, uh, Um, she was one of the house managers during the impeachment trial. One of the few people that people actually went out of their way to, to on both sides of the aisle to, to acknowledge was um, sort of the fair and balanced sensibility in the room uh, when there wasn't a lot of that going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and I, I kind of given up, maybe not. I still have this idea that Michelle is waiting in the wings.
0: Possibly, I don't know. I, I'm not sure she wants it. I, you know, I think if she wanted it, it's hers, but I don't think she wants it. Um, you know, I think, uh, the other one that we didn't talk about and I'm not, and I'm not sure she wants it either, but she might is, um, uh, Susan Rice. Yeah. And, you know, she, she has probably more than anybody else, uh, the background of working in the white house as national security advisor and, uh, and provides sort of international expertise to balance Biden's. Um, uh, you know, he, he most of his work in, in Congress it was focused on on uh, things happening here in our country, and so bringing in somebody who has expertise at the international level as to kind of balance the ticket. I think is not necessarily a bad thing, and I think she was generally. Um, Liked and uh, and well regarded, you know, as national security advisor. So uh, we'll see. We yeah. will see. I guess she was UN ambassador for a period of time as well, wasn't she?
1: Uh, yes, she was. <clears throat> before she was Secretary of State, she was Secretary yeah. of State after Hillary Clinton, wasn't she?
0: Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. She succeeded Hillary Clinton, and uh, yeah, um, on she, I think it was under uh, uh, some comments that she made shortly after the attack in Benghazi that also kind of like um, caused some issues um, for her. And so, um, and apparently she's the only person on the list who's never actually run for public office. She's been appointed to positions, but she's not been. So we don't know how she is at politicking at going out and running for the office. So, but again, it's vice president. So it's one of those things where it's, it's really, really weird how we, we like, Jump all over our presidential candidates and, and, you know, pick on them for scratching their nose during a debate or or, you know, their posture or their, you know, if their brow looks too sweaty. And the vice presidential candidates, they usually get one debate and and most people don't watch it. And
1: no, people and don't yet care. this
0: person's, you know, a heartbeat away from the presidency. And yet, you know, the vice president really, in a lot of ways, is in the election irrelevant to the election and yet so relevant to being elected (laughs) yes it's 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 really a weird political thing in our country where our vice presidents are, are really overlooked right up until you know something happens to a president and the vice president then has to ascend to the duties of president it is bizarre who knows? It is bizarre. Knows. So, you know, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I, I'm i still really thinking about... Um, uh, the guy on the his, island? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I was really thinking about Trump's tweet. Sorry, Trump's right. tweet where he, uh, you know, was talking about postponing the election, which I think that would trigger a civil war instantly.
0: Yeah, I, I really I, think he's setting the plate, though. He's setting the plate for for declaring the election... Uh, fraudulent and inaccurate. I mean, he's used literally used those words in bold type. Inaccurate and fraudulent election. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. That's what he's saying. It, like, yeah, comparing that to the uh, um, uh, Soviet Union elections in the 60s and 70s, every election that ever elected Fidel Castro.
1: Oh my God!
0: <laughs> you know well, I and mean, Xi
1: Jinping right now, and oh, yeah. Kim Jong Un and all of his family, and 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 Adolf Hitler, and does, every dictator that ever lived.
0: D- does North Korea even? I don't think they even have elections. Do they? Do they even go through the? the no, I the don't process? think they do.
1: Actually, they they believe that they're that the that the uh, their the family are, are basically gods.
0: And, yeah, yeah. I I don't know I, I don't know that much about North Korean politics and don't really want to but um yeah yeah this that that's a very disturbing very disturbing tweet you know and yet he followed it with one saying that drug prices will soon be lowered massively and that big farmers advertising against me and and just keep thinking well, you know which implies that he's going to be doing something about putting some restrictions or constraints on. On these big pharma companies, you know, I mean, when it gets to the point where hospitals have to go create their own pharma company in order to to get reasonable prices for drugs that have been around for 40 years, um, you know, something has to be done. And I tell you what, if he wants to do something, you know, a few months before an election that has some impact on a lot of, of voters, I mean, everybody over the age of 50. Um, you know, because uh, somewhere in the age of 50 is when people typically start taking a regular drug for cholesterol, high blood pressure, you know, whatever kind of, you know. But there's just a lot of people that are taking medications. And, you know, that's a time when people become very, very aware of the costs of healthcare.
1: Yes, um, it is.
0: You know, that and I guess when you have really young children and are running your kids back and forth to the doctor for all of their you know, wellness checks and bumps and bruises that come with being, you know, four. um, (laughs) you know, that's the other time that you spend time thinking about doctors and costs, right? Um, but usually then you're, you're, uh, you've got a fairly decent coverage through your employer and you're, you're working and you're, you know, well, I guess not everybody is, but I mean, but a lot of people, you know, your average middle-class person, uh, is, is, uh, you know, not worried about like lack of income these days. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying great government's talking about some sending me another check, but I don't have a job. I can't afford to make my healthcare payments. I can't, you know, you know, $1,200 every, you know, four or five months is not going to be enough for me to pay my rent. I'm going to end up being a homeless person soon. You know, what, what do I do? And, and, uh, We don't we don't see a light at the end of that tunnel. Um, And that's a tough time for anybody to get elected. But at the same token, I don't think that I don't think that the Democrats have made a any kind of argument. I think it would hit them in the face if they did, that somehow, you know, that is the result of Trump. I think what they will do is they will if the economy continues to struggle they're going to try to blame him on not managing the economy, but I think that that'll backfire too, because a lot of people are going to say, "Well, before COVID, everything was going hunky dory." I don't know what you're talking about. You, yeah, it's COVID. You know, that you can't blame that on on a president. Not they've that tried to again. Remember, yeah.
1: Orange Man is bad.
0: Yeah, well, not that. Not that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, not that they don't blame everything on every president and give presidents credit for a lot of stuff that they have nothing to do with too. So. You know, that's just the way it goes when you're president. But, you know, you're certain uh, in in certain respects, you are um, tied to the history of whatever happens in the world while you're president, whether you had anything to do with it or not. Uh, you know, you certainly control how you react to it. And that's what people will will remember and, and blame or or credit you for.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, this idea that I, i it bothers me that, that they that, can I complete a thought, Todd? It bothers me that I can't complete a thought. It, it bothers me that we look to our presidents to be all knowing, or anybody in, in public office, that that they all, they automatically know how to solve every problem. And that is just begging, you're begging to be lied to and and be manipulated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really want honesty and just say you know there's no easy answers we've got the best people working on it we're trying to figure it out and that's you know that you would like that kind of honesty yes you know leadership of character which i (laughs) don't know i don't know that we you know we'd like to say oh like we once had but i mean i don't know that we ever once had that we've you know i don't know
1: we certainly don't have it now
0: you know you can go back and look at any of our leaders and any of our presidents through history and say well you know we we men of character and then you point to you know did truman really need to drop an atomic bomb on japan or did uh you know uh, i believe
1: that he did by the way uh, i believe that
0: he did well there's historians that argue the point's all i'm saying i mean i'm not you know i'm not trying to find an answer to that but uh you know did fdr have an affair did you know did jfk have an affair clinton had an affair um you know it's
1: jfk didn't have an affair
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the answer is no he did not have an affair right yeah but he didn't yeah, have interns I... hiding in the closet as far as we know
1: no he didn't um, he kept
0: them he in didn't. nicer hotels and would go visit
1: <laughs> yes well but his his intern what you went know, well you know,
0: yeah. he had Marilyn Monroe, and I'm sure he had a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, just, I remember the one one uh, comedian made that. It's like you know, you know, we 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 give uh, JFK a pass for for an affair with Marilyn Monroe. We jump all over Bill Clinton, and and all he can get's a, a, an intern. I mean, come on. <laughs> 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 it's like, gee whiz, um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. You know, uh, the science world will be rocked because they think they have actually discovered where the rocks from Stonehenge came from. Now, Seriously? They, yeah. Now, the irony is is that in the 1500s, a British antiquities expert examined the rocks and said, here's where they came from. And now they've confirmed it. So, oh. so yeah, 500 plus years ago.
1: <laughs> Alrighty then. So now they somebody know. figured
0: it out and And now they've you know, through scientific research and study and analysis of of the stones, have said, "Yeah, okay, he's right." <laughs> <laughs> they came from about fifteen miles north of where they are. um the they, We're talking about the larger stones. The smaller blue stones had already been tracked to a location in in Wales. Um, it is really astounding to think that that rocks of that size though were were moved around. Uh, Given the age that they believe that they were, the time in which they were placed there, um, you know that that uh, you know basically quote stone age people were moving large, large, large rocks around like that because these things are huge. Um,
1: Well, maybe it wasn't stone age people. Maybe it was stone age aliens.
0: That's (laughs) one of one of the you know because they're lined up to basically be. An observatory of sorts you know with the solstice that's one of the rumors right it was it was um i'm
1: thinking about the guy with the hair
0: (laughs) space aliens
1: (laughs) you know who i'm talking about right the ancient aliens guy with the crazy hair oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah the guy who's on all the science shows that's got the the he's the greek guy he's got like a uh name or something Oh no 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 no, not
1: him this guy was oh maybe he is but he was the host of the show ancient aliens on like the history channel and oh, I think it's the it same was guy. like he had long he had long ish hair and he he would just gel it so it stuck straight up in the sky oh my god yeah it's the he same guy the...
0: it's sukulos oh, okay. giorgio a suculose
1: oh i didn't know his name
0: yeah i looked at <laughs> well i just typed in uh, ancient aliens host and he popped up and he's <laughs> and if you go to his wikipedia page he's still got the hair baby <laughs> Yeah, he's 42 years old, and and his hair's uh, created by aliens in the 1500s. Um, yeah. He's a oh. proponent of pseudo-archaeological evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, pseudo-archaeological. In other words, he likes made-up crap. <laughs>
1: yes, he does. Yes,
0: he does. He likes pretending.
1: And when in doubt, aliens.
0: Yeah. He's a graduate of Ithaca College in New York has a bachelor's degree in communications. Ufology? Communications.
1: Oh, seriously?
0: Yeah, and he worked oh, as a bodybuilding can... promoter. Oh, that explains it. He was trying to be the bodybuilding uh, exa- uh, 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 analog to um, uh, boxing promoter. Um, God. Uh, oh, well, I what, know who you're talking with about. With the hair. With yeah,
1: the uh, hair. Don something. Don boxing crazy hair google that Don boxing and crazy hair
0: yeah I got Don Lemon Don Knotts Don Henley Don Cheadle and Don Rickles and none of those are the guy I'm looking for Um,
1: crazy hair boxing promoter I'm going to google that Don King Don King I knew I typed in boxing
0: Don and got Don King there you go (laughs) yeah Tsoukalos and Don King go to the same hairstylist and, and by hairstylists, I mean they stick their finger in an electric socket before they pose for pictures. Really. I mean, that's what it looks like, both of them. It's like, let's take my hair, brush it straight up in the air, spray it so it stays that way, and then go out in public.
1: But you never forget them. You no. never forget them.
0: You forget their names, but not them. Not them. Giorgio Etukolos
1: so apparently he was born in lucerne switzerland so he's mm. greek and swiss and i mean i knew he was european i just didn't know he was greek um uh well yeah. i just knew
0: the name i remembered he was i remember the greek name i couldn't remember what it was but i remember there was a greek name so, so
1: i have to tell you that they wikipedia is so funny maybe you mentioned this um, as his occupation, producer, television personality, and believer in a- ancient astronauts.
0: <laughs> yeah. And That's believer. Awesome. That's his job. That's what are you? Job. I'm a believer in ancient astronauts. That's my be- <laughs> my job.
1: Oh, Lord have mercy.
0: <laughs> yep, 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 yep.
1: There's a whole lot of crazy in this world, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. They say he's the inspiration for a cultural movement on the internet because of his hair. What Seriously? cultural movement? The Don King worshippers? I mean, what what <laughs> I don't get that. That what cultural movement is that? It's
1: a culture it is a cultural movement uh started by the makers of hair gel. Uh. Ah, <laughs> uh, so back to the island in the Mediterranean. This um uh this <laughs> island is called mauro morandi and oh no no, no that's the guy's name This island. <laughs> <laughs> I walk, I'm running that's like perfect
0: sleep a half hours of sleep, that is perfect sleep. though because i mean i would if you'd have said the island's called mauro morandi and kept on going not a person <laughs> on earth would, other than mauro morandi would have said no 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 that's wrong yes, that's me <laughs> That that no that that's me. It's me. It's like that commercial going Marco Polo. Polo. See si, yeah. see si, see. Si, it's Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the island of
1: Budelli of Sicily. Yeah. So, yeah. um uh, <laughs> okay, So.
0: Okay. So. Oh mighty um, Maro, Maro on Budelli. What was that? I said Maro on Budelli.
1: On um, Budelli, he has lived there for thirty years. And Sardinia, so he's lived in this island off the coast of Sardinia for 30 years, and it's it's soon going to be taken from him. Italian authorities. 81
0: years old.
1: I know. Plan to refashion the former World War II station Morandi occupies as an environmental observatory. Meaning the 81 year old caretaker must clear out. But as you might imagine, he's digging in his heels. Uh, He says Budelli has been his only home since he arrived by chance while trying to sail to Polynesia. So he's not very a very far. good
0: sailor. Sailor,
1: no, and that was in 1989.
0: <laughs> hey, you so... know what? Though, if you're sailing to my to Polynesia and you land on that island, um, uh, I mean, if you see pictures of it, it's sandy it's beaches. Pristine. It's beautiful, and it, you know, yes. okay, it's only a mile long. But you know, I say that they should start a a, a petition to to hire him as a um, um, uh, park She's- ranger.
1: Yeah. Hire him as a park a ranger yeah, and he's exactly. And what's he going
0: to do? He's going to get up every morning. He's going to walk around the perimeter of the island and pick up flotsam that has pushed ashore to make the place look pretty. And and, you know, uh, what's he going to do? He's 81 years old. He's been there 30 years. Leave the guy alone.
1: So since 2015, this island has been owned by the La Maddalena National Park. Um, and the president considers Morandi to be an illegal occupant and points out that the structure he lives in has been modified in ways that aren't exactly legal either. And this is the quote. Nobody wants to chase him away, but what title does he have to stay since the island is no longer private?
0: That's Fabrizio Fansu. I, Fonsu. I Fonsu. Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Now, yeah, Fab- <laughs> Fabrizio. No, the way you got to say this is, nobody wants to chase him away, but what title <laughs> does he have to stay since the island is no longer private? It's so like Count Chocula. <laughs> blah, blah. Nobody, nobody wants, uh, nobody wants uh, to chase him away. But uh, what does the title I have to stay since the island is no longer private? <laughs> Apparently the eviction battle has been going on for years, but construction work is now just months away. They're getting ready to do work on the man's house. I say give him a tent. Mail him a tent. Everybody pitch in. We'll send him.
1: Seriously? Yeah.
0: And just say, you know, fine. You're going to work on that. When you get done, I'll move back in. In the meantime, I'm going to live over here.
1: Give him a, a, You know, if he can't live on the island, let him live on a houseboat off the island. Yeah. And, like, come to the island or something.
0: Apparently, he's backed by thousands of supporters, and and they request that authorities agree that he can return his caretaker. And, uh, you know, he says they're going to have to drag me away, and I don't blame him. I, I don't either. This is, this is awful. I
1: mean, what's he going to do?
0: It's like, great. We we want the island to be be pristine. Well, guess what? That's what he does. He keeps yeah. it pristine.
1: Yeah, it's it's pristine now, and he's been there for thirty years. Yeah, so he's
0: he's doing it for free. Exactly. Hire the man, and and let him stay there. What harm is he doing? Yeah. Evil Some government.
1: is upset because it's
0: he's not where he's supposed to be. Yeah. What well, right does he have to be there?
1: Or Count Chocula is going to come and get you. That's
0: right. (laughs) Hey. What what title does he have to stay since the island is no longer private? (laughs)
1: God. So, you know how hot it's supposed to be here this weekend? Too damn hot. A
0: hundred and eight
1: in San Bernardino. Yeah. That's insane.
0: I'm going to go crawl into my my shack out back because it's very cave-like. I'm going to keep the lights on dimmed down to almost nothing keep the air conditioner blasting in my little eight by ten cell and uh and just hunker down because yuck 108
1: 108 yeah yuck you know it's it's I I hope that pools are open at like at like uh Mm. in homeowners associations and apartment complexes and you know all those places because when it's 108 outside if you can't afford to run your air conditioner you people die in that heat
0: yeah I mean, you know, take a shower a couple times a day, you know, fill your bathtub and dip into that every once in a while. Just getting wet and drying off will help make you feel better um, and keep your body cooler. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous, um, the heat. You know, welcome to living in a desert, right? Yeah. And we we know this happens every year, sort of August to September. That's our hottest time of year. We're going right into it now. Um, It's my least favorite time in Southern California. It really is. Um, I am not a fan of the hot, hot weather. It's the one thing I don't like about living here, to be honest. Um, You know, when we roll around into our fall, which lasts until, well, next July, um, you know, that's my favorite time of year. I honestly, my favorite time of year is what we call, it's technically winter, but it's, we get kind of like fall like weather here. And that's when I like being here. Um, Yes. You know, cool evenings, you know, warm, but not ridiculous (sighs) days. Right now we're going into ridiculous days.
1: Yeah, and it'll be ridiculous until Halloween.
0: Yeah, it's going to be ludicrous mode on the weather for a while, and it's like grumble, grump, grumble, grump. Right. Bleh. <laughs> My biggest complaint or biggest concern for me is is that you know you talked about not sleeping well last night when it starts getting hot and not cooling off at night. That's when I don't sleep well, and then the alternative is is spend a fortune on air conditioning, uh, or just not sleep well because it's too hot. You yep. know, And a fan doesn't cut it.
1: No. Well, and I, I don't, I think, I don't know why I couldn't sleep. I just woke up at two and I, I kind of laid there for about 30 minutes and was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to get up and work. And so I did. Yeah. And it was actually really productive, but I'm a little, feeling a little silly, a little punchy right now because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm running sleep on adrenaline. Deprived.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and that happens, you know, I mean, everybody has those days. You just hope you don't get a long series of them because then you just yes. become a, a, a basket case. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've tossed and turned a little bit the last couple nights as well. And I think part of it is just, um, uh, uh, like you said, just the stir craziness of, of COVID, you know, I mean, it's like, Hey, it's an outing. I get to go to the grocery store today, you know, and, 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 and yet <laughs> even when you're doing that, you sort of feel like you want to, you know, cinch your mask down, run in, get what you want and run out as quick as possible so that you're not spending a lot of time in there. Cause you don't know. I got to say, though, uh, the last two times that I've been to the grocery store, I have not seen anybody wearing their mask on their chin. It seems like the word has gotten out that that's a bad look.
1: That that unless it's pierced, you do not breathe through your chin.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like people. Oh, that just. It's been a pet peeve of mine. It's literally all I can do not to bark at somebody when they're wearing their mask on their chin. I I literally want to take mine off and put it on my elbow and say, I'm not really wearing this and neither are you
1: <laughs> so if you have a stoma do you have to mask your stoma
0: or even not if you have to should you i think you probably should if you're breathing so if you in there you wear a scarf i would you have to
1: wear a scarf i think
0: honestly i think a lot of people who who have a stoma do they wear uh, like a scarf or something or an ascot yeah because it freaks people of, out yeah yeah just you know because it you know it's not a good look um whatever the reason is that you ended up having to have it. It's just, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't you want, if if you're breathing in and out there, wouldn't you want to cover, I mean, just like you'd want to cover your face to protect yourself. You'd want to cover that to protect yourself. And likewise, you would exhale through there. Um, you know, I, I doubt that there's as much saliva and stuff, but there is liquid. The lungs are moist and damp. And so, yeah, I would suspect that that's a, Do people with stomas still cough?
1: I don't know. (laughs) The things we ponder on a Thursday morning.
0: Yeah. I don't know. This is in my (laughs) head. I've never considered whether or not, um, uh, you know, uh, what was it we were talking about, about uh, what is and isn't halal and kosher. And yet yet I wonder about whether or not a person with a stoma would cough. (laughs) I've got a tickle in my neck. You know, let me clear my throat with a pipe cleaner. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I I, I know.
1: This, this conversation has taken a Seinfeldian turn.
0: It really has, and uh, I can't help but uh, blame you. It's all your fault. It's my fault. You didn't sleep last night, and this is where we go. So. A site involved in the Madeleine McCann investigation has led authorities to a hidden cellar. German police have discovered a deep 50-foot-wide hole in an allotment garden at a holiday chalet in Seelze, 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 roughly five miles northwest of Hanover, Germany. Uh, Little else is known, but police say that uh, the suspect, identified by the Guardian as Christian Bruckner, may have taken McCann to the chalet after her 2007 kidnapping in Portugal. None of us really know uh, the people that stay there, says the manager of a nearby water sports center. I believe the police are looking for Maddie. It's gruesome, and I find it chilling that it could have happened so close to us. Um, Neighboring uh, allotment tenant... now. They say allotment tenant and allotment gardens. What's allotment? Is that just the I'm name guessing of the place?
1: I'm guessing that's public public housing.
0: Ah, got you. That probably makes sense. Uh says the cellar was part of the plot for many years and remained intact when attached to st- when the summer home was raised in 2007. Who tore down the house is unclear. So, well, wow. some guy showed up in a tractor and said, we're taking the house down. Or he said it in German, actually. We are taking the house down. Um,
1: <laughs> Blücher.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so lots of horrible stuff going on. Um, yeah, and so some um, wow.
1: Uh, all these years later, you know, and the thing about mm-hmm. it, it's um, you know the, the 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 couple and the parents of of Madeline uh, were under suspicion for a long time, and people thought that maybe they had done something to their daughter, and so they're dealing with the agony of her having been kidnapped and then being um a suspect yeah uh, in in the case which has just got to be horrible
0: yeah um, i mean but you also want the i mean it's got to be a really weird weird bag of mixed feelings because you want the police turning over every leaf you know you would but by the same token if you know you didn't do it it's like why are you chasing us around and making our life miserable go find the killer yes you know it's just horror upon horrors
1: so um, there's an article in The Daily Wire, and of course The Daily Wire is a conservative uh, publication, but they're saying that the mi- Minneapolis neighborhood where George Floyd died while in custody of the uh, Minneapolis Police Department have, um, has become both a permanent memorial to Floyd and the National Anti-Racisms Movement, um, and uh, it's, it's an epicenter of violence, and apparently it's, it's kind of a no-go zone for police. So two months after the police killing of George Floyd, the four-block area of South Minneapolis, where he gasped his last breaths, remain a sacred space, a no-go zone for officers. Uh, it, there is a neatly trimmed garden anchored by a sculpture of a raised fist. There are colorful murals and the words, I can't breathe, painted across the pavement, as well as names of dozen other black people killed by the police. And this is according to the New York Times. Um, you know, uh, at night the space is increasingly a battleground with shootings and drug overdoses. The area has had an uptick in gun violence, similar to what other cities have seen in the wake of protests. So that's not that's not a good thing. I mean, protest, get out there and make your voice heard. But you know, shootings and drug deals and all of that that's that's not a protest, folks. That's yeah. just anarchy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't use that word to cover bad behavior. Yeah. So. Uh, we need good news. Did you know that Br- Britain's uh, amount of woodlands is almost returned to medieval levels? Seriously? That, yeah, that in uh, in 1919, five uh, percent of their uh, the the land mass of the uh, of Britain was covered in forested areas. You know where where there was. Natural wildlife uh, living and stuff, and they they believe that about fifteen percent of that was um, it, during medieval times back in say the uh, ten eighty five is the number that they kind of picked, and by twenty twenty it's now at thirteen percent that they have more than doubled since nineteen nineteen in the last hundred years they have uh, allowed uh, forestry to rewild uh, good chunks wow. of the, of Britain, and so a lot of their ancient forests are. Bouncing back, and uh, they say that the uh, a lot of landowners adopted a long term vision for conservation.
1: Wow, that's great that's actually yeah. really amazing
0: yeah, so it just shows that it can be done if the decision is made to do that and you know I mean we we keep talking about you know pieces of the the jungle being burnt for 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 planting in places like Brazil. But with modern farming, we get so much more out of acreage that, you know, there's there's places where uh, you can just allow the jungle to be the jungle because we don't need that much ground to grow lots of food if you're using modern farming techniques. If you're out there with a stick and seeds, yeah, you need a lot of ground because it's hard to grow stuff. Um, but uh, um, anyway, you hope that uh, this keeps going other places because that's good news.
1: That is really good news. Um you know, and, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, the carbon dioxide in the air, we're talking about mm-hmm. climate change that's increasing carbon dioxide. Plants love and thrive. Yeah. Uh, love love carbon dioxide and thrive in warmer clients, or climates. Oh, my yeah. God, I can't they talk. Grow,
0: they grow with carbon <laughs> dioxide and give off they oxygen. Do. It's like, hey, symbiotic relationship with the rest of us on the planet. And by the rest of yes. us, I mean everything that breathes.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 You and your so. and your your pet turtle are equally pleased by having oxygen to breathe. So who yes, knew?
1: who knew? Well, who we knew? all knew. So the warmer the warmer temperatures, that's good for the plants. It's not necessarily good for the human beings, but it's you know, in how we live our lives, we're going to have to make adjustments. But it is good for the plants.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, biologists in Finland have developed a vaccine to help protect bees from some of the um, uh, viruses that have actually been attacking bees because they found that to be part of the reason that certain beehives have have not prospered. And they found that if they give the vaccine to the queen via an edible sugar patty, that when she eats it, then each of her eggs that she lays, subsequent eggs, then have Uh developed immunity. And so she can save the colony uh, by immunizing queens. Which is kind of Well, there cool. you go.
1: So instead of saving the cheerleader, save the world, it's... Save the um, bees. Yes. 75% of
0: human food crops rely on insects for pollination. Just think about that. We were talking about yeah. farming and, right. and plants. Uh, 75% of those plants require insects, and a large number of those insects are bees, to pollinate in order for us to have food. No bees, no food, no people. It's a pretty straight line.
1: Yep. Wow. Well, that's good. That's very good news. Mm-hmm. And we are out of time, so it's good to we end are. with good news.
0: It is. Save the bees, save the planet. So uh, thanks for joining us on Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker.
1: I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a Have great day, everyone. Have
0: a lovely day. <laughs>
1: Thank <music> you.